Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Hope everyone's having a great week. Today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, unfortunately, the guest that I did have lined up, uh guy that I've uh, only known for a couple of weeks, uh, has a hell of stories. Unfortunately, um, he backed out the last minute. So I'm going to do a little bit of something different. I'm actually just going to do this solo. And I'm kind of curious... Um, because every episode I've had someone in some type of capacity, um, to kind of bounce ideas off of and go through things. So, um, I got a couple topics that I want to kind of go over and, um, I'm gonna see if you guys like it. So let's get into it. Um, this week was pretty good. It means Thursday. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know. Uh, I've been kind of battling back from, you know, financial, um, issues, um, and everything's kind of starting to level out, which is good. Clients are starting to come in. Uh, my business is still active. My life insurance license is still active. And, um, I came across a job on Craigslist. A lot of people sleep on Craigslist, um, I found, like, little side jobs here and there just to put, like, actual cash in my pocket. I've done a little day labor, you know, temp agency stuff just to, you know, make a, you know, $100 a day, something like that. And uh started out as just demo, um, working at this, like, condo out in, you know, at the beaches in Jacksonville. Um, just basically taking out, you know, garbage and you know, stuff and throwing it in dumpsters. And now I've been there, I believe this is my, my third week now. And, uh, it's kind of, uh, transformed into a job, if you will. Now, there's a lot of people that are not going to understand Well, Aaron don't, you have a, you know, you have a business, an actual business, you have a life insurance license. Why are you, you know, working for somebody? And I'll tell you something. Okay. I thought me uh, working for somebody was way past me after I went full-time in 2020. And everything was good uh, up until this last quarter, like I probably said on a previous podcast. And things kind of slowed down, which was um, I got very comfortable and... I forgot the things that got me there. I was I just got lazy. I'm just going to be honest. And um in any business the two things that are going to predicate or um make sure your business like thrives is sales and marketing. And to be honest, I haven't had the market at all. I've had so much organic growth. I got very spoiled. I had people reaching out to me because I have a five-star rating on Google. I mean, and I had, you know, life insurance, you know, clients come in, some, you know, credit repair clients after I finished up with them, I'd wait a couple months and then circle back and like most of them didn't have life insurance. So I just sell them on that. And then, you know, a client you know, would uh, continuously make me money. 
but I realized that that I got to the point where I had all these things lined up and none of these things hit. Nobody could pay. All these different things. And unfortunately, I had to pivot. Now, I should have did it a long time ago when I actually had a lot more options. And unfortunately, because I am who I am, I didn't. And now, uh, I had to eat some shit for a while. Um, things are starting to get paid. Everybody's starting to get paid. You know, you still have companies that are going to reach out to you and say, hey, you got money. I'm like, I'm working on it. Like, you're going to get your money. Just stop reaching out to me. But, you know, it comes with the territory. So, I am now working for a uh, home remodeling company. And I pretty much uh, damn near um, full-time with that. I do Drizzly and I do GoPuff, so... Allows me to utilize my car to, you know, get done what I need to get done. And so that's my week. Uh, my week has been busy. So it's been going from one job to another and then getting on, waking up at five, six o'clock in the morning, getting home at nine o'clock at night. Uh, having some times in between. I got off early. It was very unexpected. Um... You know, I still got the dog, so uh, he's been pretty good, not a menace like he usually is. Um, so there's that. So that's pretty much kind of what's going on in, uh, you know, my life. But I want to go and talk about, um, there's a couple things I've been looking at. Uh, there's a couple things I've come across my timeline and. Things that um, I'm really interested in talk about. So, first thing is first. Um, Cobra Kai. Now, I'm not sure if you've not watched the series, you've heard about the series. It's in season four. The whole season came out um, New Year's Eve. Highly recommend this show. And it's something that not a lot of shows can pull off or franchises in general of what Cobra Kai has been able to do. Now, if you're familiar with the Karate Kid series, right? There was the three movies with Ralph Macchio. There was the one with Hilary Swank, which wasn't the worst. It was on Disney Channel all the time. I've seen that thing I don't know how many times. And the one with uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. Okay. The fact that the first three are like 30 years old and they were able to basically go a straight direct sequel that wasn't corny and actually gave you, um, it gave you nostalgia, but it also gave you understanding. And what I mean by that is. A lot of those movies in the 80s and the 90s, they were very, even though they had, you know, maybe different things that they tried to tell you, they were very surface level. So you just thought, okay, the guy was a dick and he was picking on people just because he wanted to pick on people. And that was exactly with the Karate Kid. Um, I can't really spoil the Karate Kid because it's it's... 
again, this is 30 years old. So the first one, uh, Ralph Macchio's character, Daniel Russo, he, from New Jersey to, um, you know, Cal, he's the new kid. He ends up, you know, picking a fight with, uh, Johnny Lawrence, um, I think his name is William Zapka or you know whatever his name is and he gets beat up he gets beat up a couple times during the movie now in hindsight you're looking at Johnny like he's a dick and if you like just watch the movie the first time or you know a couple times without getting context you think like all right he he's just a dick he beat him up at the dance. He beat him up at the bonfire in front of everybody. But, um, and then, of course, you know, he meets Mr. Miyagi and, you know, he trains him. And then, of course, he he wins the, he wins all valid tournament. All that good stuff, right? It basically goes from, like, basically 30 years from that time. So then, you know... Life is completely different for both of those characters. So, again, Daniel LaRusso, he he grew up, like, poor, basically. Like, started from the bottom, now he's here. Now he has a wife, kids, thriving car dealership. You, you have Johnny Lawrence, which he was, you know, one of the, you know, well-off kids. And now he's, you know... Uh, 40-something, and he's doing contractor work for rich people, which is kind of like uh, how the tables have turned. And then, just by chance, um, their paths cross again, which essentially reignite a rivalry. Um, but it gives you understanding about Johnny's character. Johnny wasn't just a bully. Like you you understood uh in the later seasons of why he is the way he is. And I think a lot of the times whether in media or in real life like people don't do things just because. And that's what a lot of people I think don't understand. Now, I don't agree with why people do what they do, but there's a reason why people do what they do. It's like anything else. You don't smash somebody in the face just because. Now, you do have those people that they like causing pain. It makes their dick hard in the morning type of shit. But more times than not, it's essentially a a hurt hurt people type of situation. And not only does the... You know, the rivalry itself kind of, it reignites just with them, but also the next generation. Um, and, of course, uh, you, know, you know, God bless the dead to Pat, you know, Mori, Moriata. But the fact that a franchise that's 30 plus years old has basically been able to bring back every... Um, Every, like, important character is still alive. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's that nostalgia, but moving forward. Instead of just, hey, um, you know, what have you been up to? And then going like this. It's like, no, 
this is what life has been going on. This is what, you know, I've been going on. It's good to see you. Let me go and progress, progress the story. Now, I want to talk about specifically about season four, because um, you find out that um, Johnny has a, a son. It's not really been in his life. Kind of uh wrong kid uh, kid from the wrong side of the tracks almost. Basically, almost similar to, you know, Daniel in a way. And now his kids are growing up how uh, Daniel's kids are growing up how Johnny grew up. So now it's a, it's kind of like everything is flipped. And him, of course, you know, in the first season, you know, meeting Miguel and teaching him because... Uh, you know, him caring about somebody because he was just kind of, you know, drinking his life away. He was, you know, he didn't have a purpose anymore. And to see him to where he was, to where he is now, is complete 180 now. Of course, you know, this show is like the king of callbacks. So, of course, they brought back, you know, Crease, which was his, you know, master and every, you know, his sensei. And of course, um, giving you like an understanding of like how Crease became who he was, and then the the like the his life, and the understand why he made Cobra Kai and why Cobra Kai was no mercy, strike first, all these things because that's what he had to do mostly in his life. And it gives you, it just gives you a better understanding of these characters instead of their, it it gives you a three-dimensional take on them. Instead of them one, okay, like, if you saw the first one and how Kreese was as far as just, you know, being a dick, you'd be like, okay, he's an asshole. But it's like, no, it's quite understandably why he is the way he is. Now, um, the... The last Karate Kid with Ralph Macho, they brought in some guy named Terry Silver, which um, apparently, uh, I don't remember the third one uh, as far as the plot, but um, he came back after the he came back after the second one, and um, basically got set up. Uh, Terry Silver basically was created Cobra Kai with Crease. And I guess he got challenged by this guy that Kreese brung in to, you know, to destroy LaRusso. And he didn't know it at first that he was getting trained by Cobra Kai. And then he kind of just basically terrorized him uh, for a couple months. Almost, uh, you know, cut, you know, smash his bonsai tree. Um... And almost knocked him off a cliff. Only to, of course, you know, um, you know, Daniel won against, you know, the guy they were training. And then that was pretty much kind of the end of Cobra Kai at that point. And the episode kind of starts off as um, they, they join forces basically at the end of the uh, last season, Johnny and... Daniel, and now 
Um, he's not a part of Cobra Kai anymore, of course. He made up his own thing. And now, you know, they're trying to teach both their students. So there's there's two senseis and a whole bunch of students to where now both of their styles and their philosophies are in constant conflict. So they're constantly buttonheads. And Johnny just not really understanding, you know, like what this means now. Because after Daniel beat him, they were pretty much cool. This this happened, like their little altercation happened within a year. And then that was that. And then they had no more problems. He had a second random with Crease, so which Johnny had no idea about. So in the first season, he was Daniel was doing so many things not for for Cobra Kai to come back, which honestly make it it it's understandable. Especially it wasn't the second time around was you know worse than anything you know he could imagine. But Johnny doesn't even necessarily even understand it. He's just like, we had our run in in high school and then that was it. And now people have switched sides and, you know, different things like that. Um, Robbie, of course, now is a part of Cobra Kai. And he was basically Daniel's first student after Sam that he, like, taught, like, Damn near everything. So now he's against them, and now you know every you know peop, certain people join forces, you know, but the grudges are going to die hard. And they brought back Terry Silver, which you know, again, it's been thirty plus years. Um, it's been like I I like where the season is going. Um, they could probably get another two seasons out. I mean, eventually they're going to have to... I mean, the kids are getting... They're going to eventually graduate and different things like that. And if they're going to go and do like a next next generation, then they can st- still do it. But Cobra Kai, the show in essence, should be the blueprint for any um, franchise that they're trying to reboot or revitalize. And this was a 30-plus year... Um, old franchise. Like, it came out before I was even born. And I remember watching it while I was growing up. So you got all these generations of kids that are watching Cobra Kai. And now I'm like, okay, well, I don't understand what's going on. Okay, well, to understand, like, the now, you're going to have to understand the past. Watch Karate Kid. Watch Karate Kid Part 2. Watch Karate Kid Part 3. That'll give you a better understanding of why there's so much animosity. Because if you're looking at it where it's like, from Johnny's perspective, I'm like, hey, you beat me. Why are you mad at me? Where it's like, I did beat you, and then we were cool. We were were amicable. But then I had this second running with Cobra Kai. It was the worst thing ever. Like, they were no joke. Like, they were trying to actually harm me. So, but, yeah. That's, um, that's pretty much my analysis on Cobra Kai. It's, um, 
Very interesting. Now, when I talk about interesting, right, I'm sure people have been uh, seeing it uh, on the headlines that um, apparently uh, Drake had a, you know, a interesting encounter with a model. And um, I can see, I'm seeing the memes everywhere about this hot sauce. And I thought the last time I see anything about hot sauce would be Hillary Clinton with a with hot sauce in her bag. <laughs> so if you're not um, up on what's what's going on in you know pop culture or this social media um, era we're in, apparently I guess this was pretty recently that Drake. Um, met this model at like an event and then he took her back to his place and then of course they had um, coitus and then once they had coitus he took of course he took the condom and then he put hot sauce on it now apparently which I was unaware which now you're going to have a lot of dudes doing this because uh, some of these some of these guys don't trust these girls anyway that if you put hot sauce basically in a condom it will um, destroy sperm cells which I feel like that could be with anything to be honest with you hot sauce is just I mean it's I, I guess that um, the acidic acidic the you know however you say that word. But I'm guessing that would kind of just kill all the sperm cells. But um, I would think like anything even similar to that or like oil or whatever else that would just contaminate the, that would contaminate the sample. So apparently um, the model had no idea that he did this. And then she went to um, try to come up try to have a major come up and to uh, possibly get impregnated with um, Drake's sperm. Uh, that did not work out in her favor because her hoo-ha was on fire. Now, what makes this even funnier is that the woman now is trying to sue Drake. And I don't think people understand um, a lot of these laws today. I understand people want to sue people for everything, but you can't sue people for everything, especially what she attempted to do was a crime. And now it's one of those things where I'm not sure if he just started doing this, but you can't be too careful because think about this from a logical standpoint, right? And I'm not talking about Drake. I'm just talking about a businessman. Someone that makes six, seven, eight figures, right? And you meet a model, you meet an actress, you meet a pretty girl, whoever you... Um, anywhere. Like, I met you, we started having a, a good conversation. You're attracted to me, I'm attracted to you. We go back to my place. I want to have fun with you. I don't want a child with you. Like, people don't be understanding, like, you know, if if Drake did have 
if she ended up getting pregnant, right, Drake could pay that child support all day for the rest of his life. That would literally be like, a, that, that would be nothing for him. That'd be a couple dollars. But like, why am I going to have you tied to me for basically the rest of my life because you inseminated yourself basically without my knowledge just for monetary gain it it makes it makes no sense and now unfortunately you got guys having to do things like this to where i was being safe and then you're still going to go and try to get me like what type of bullshit is that that shit is crazy it's ridiculous it doesn't logically make any type of sense and then you you have the you have situations like this to where again it it fucks it up for the people that were just here for a good time. You know, you gotta have people that actually have something that are gonna have a guard up. Now you're gonna have those. You're gonna have some of these dudes that are like again are not even in the league to work, are not even in the league of you know, success and things that are in nature are going to try this is like, now, because people do like, people do trap people for dumb, for dumb reasons, just because they don't want to let them go. And they decide, well, you're going to be shit. We're going to be tied together forever. You got a child. And I feel like that's one of the biggest problems that you have a, like the la- I'll say maybe the last two generations, most of these children are not planned. A lot of these things were one night stands. These were through dating apps. All these different things. We had fun. I decided not to use protection that one time, and now you're pregnant, and now we have a kid, and now I don't. E- I didn't even really like you. You look good and I want to fuck. And that's all I wanted from you initially at that time. And now I'm tied to you for another, for basically 18 years or even longer. Like, we're going to be in each other's lives for a very long time. Just because we both weren't responsible. But it was life. Sometimes you pay the price. We're back. Um, I'm starting to realize as I've been doing, you know, this podcast now. This is this will be episode twenty nine. That doing a podcast is not as hard as a lot of people think, but it is something that um, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know where it's going to go, and you don't have a particular vision it can be difficult so for me right now this is my first episode doing um solo so the good thing about having a guest or a partner is that you can you don't have to talk the entire time so you start to realize little things like that where you have to be on a bit con- clear and concise. Like, 
I'm starting to realize there's certain words that I'm saying just to fill in certain words. And those are called filler words. So words like, um, like, you know, you can probably count a couple of those like a game. You can probably get very annihilated. But it's something that I know is going on and something that I'm actively working through. But there's a couple of things I want to just really go into about actually doing a podcast. So a lot of people, um, you think, of course, you need like a big setup and, you know, do you just want to do audio? Do you want to do video? Do you want to do both? And there's a lot of podcasts that are just popping up everywhere. Um, there's, there's a few women that will say, well, guys don't go to therapy. They just start podcasts. Because a podcast, for the most part, is, I could say, is a safe place. Guy can just talk his shit. Guy can clearly articulate his thoughts. And it's nobody that's, again, there's going to be trolls like anything else. There's going to be people saying, hey, you suck. Get this off the, you know, why are you doing this, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that if they weren't doing podcasts, they wouldn't be. It's um, a place where you can really just let out how you feel, like just in general, or just on a specific topic. And instead of saying you're all right, and you can go a little bit more in detail. So I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've seen with podcasts is... um, whether it's celebrities or these little influencers or even just regular people that you don't know. Having a conversation for an hour or two hours, three hours, it gives you... It gives you a sense of familiarity, especially if people, like, they're doing podcasts for an hour or two hours every single week or every couple days. And you start to get to know these people. Like, this is um, the where you know how they think. And sometimes you're going to agree, agree with them, and sometimes you're not. And that's okay. Even right now, I had an idea of what I was going to do. Again, I think I said this earlier in the podcast that this was a last minute thing and I've never done one by myself because I didn't believe that I could command attention just by myself. I thought I needed someone as far as like a sounding board or someone to converse with to kind of um get both sides which is understandable you 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 don't really want to get to the point where you're in an echo chamber and that why the why the biggest thing of what I love um having guests on 
or talking to people when you're on the podcast is everybody's not going to think like you, which is what you want. You don't want people to think like think like you completely. You want people to have other perspectives. That's why this podcast is called Perspective is a Motherfucker, because perspective is a motherfucker. Everybody has different perspectives on life. Just because you've grown up in the same place, just because you've had similar life experiences, you're not going to have your your view of the world is not going to be the same. It might be similar, but it's not going to be completely the same. Now, as far as podcast goes about, you know, when my demographic is, I'm 30. So even starting this podcast, I see there's a lot of like early 20s um, podcasts that they're on the Man of Spear, Red Pill, blah, blah, blah community, or they just talk about dating advice. Um, you have the like late 30s, like I'm talking about 30, 35 and up, 36, 37, into their 40s, where it's like Joe Rogan and other things like that. And I didn't see anybody in the the mid-20s, early 30s category. And, and if I did... It's it's more of like political and you know beating somebody over the head with points, and that was my biggest thing. Is I'm not a political person. I think politics are theater. I don't I don't care for. Them. At the end of the day, like some of your crooks, which is it, it is what it is. Like I'm, like I know the way of the world. My only thing about it is if you get voted in anywhere. If you get any type of power and you promise you're going to do X, Y, Z. If you're going to take some money off the top, I'm okay with that. At least fix some shit. And the fact that a lot of these politicians, like in Senate or wherever else, a lot of them are a lot older. A lot, a lot of them are just disconnected from reality. And I believe that anybody that is of a certain age, and it, this might be a bit ages. You know, there's a lot of ists and isms and everything now, which is, you know, that's a bit annoying in itself. But if you're at a certain age, like very old, to where you're not going to be on this on this earth too much longer, you should not have the power to be changing anything um, in the country. Because you're not going to be here to see it. So why do you have the power? For what? Like, my belief is it's just like, all right, well, cut you a check. Go go off some in the distance and get the fuck out the way. And let the people that are, you know, mid-30s, early 40s, even early 50s, be like, okay, cool. Like, we're still kind of in the game. And now we need to go and, you know, get this shit where it needs to be. And I feel like there's there's a lot of people that they're gonna they're gonna have to have some tough conversations, and just in general about you want your life to be this, but you do this, 
Those two things aren't conducive. Like you're you're you living a certain lifestyle and you're not making enough money to generate certain lifestyle is why so many Americans are in debt. I was speaking to a uh, client of mine. This is my first ever deaf client. So this was pretty interesting. So I was able to talk to her. I don't know sign language, but she uses like a, a translating service. So basically, um, the translator is looking at looking at her and then basically translating it basically from, I guess, from Braille into words and then relaying the message to me. So I had a full-blown conversation with this lady for um, about 40 minutes. Uh, I went to go and get her update for a report. Everything was off. All she needed to do now was just build her credit. So, And this lady's from Bulgaria. So apparently in Europe, they don't have a credit system. So... And only, like, people in government have credit cards. And then a lot of stuff is based off of income. Like, they, the the culture is you don't buy anything you can't afford. And if you can't afford it, then we're, go- we're not going to necessarily, like, like, hurt you or necessarily take it away. But we will shame the fuck out of you. And um, that was something I just, with here... Even though I've been in the industry for five years, it still surprises me because I feel like America, I was I was telling the lady as well, sometimes we just, I feel like we have a little bit too much freedom and we give, we give too much, we give too many people too much rope to hang themselves with. Like I... I've been probably talking about this just probably on here, just just in regular life, that as Americans, a lot of times we build our own prisons. And I'll elaborate to what that means, right? Because you have a lot of people that they're um, trying to keep up with the Joneses. A lot of people are now just saying, fuck the Joneses. I just want to go and live a good life. I just want to live the life that I want to live. But a lot of people, before, you know, people were F the Joneses, they were, well, if my neighbor has a new car, I need to get a new car. They got a new snowblower, I need to get a new snowblower. They got a new this, I got a new that. We just have to keep up with them. Like, for what? You guys are, which, it, it makes no sense. You are getting things... Expensive things, by the way. To impress people that you either don't even really know that well or don't even like it at all. And I've just come to realize that doesn't make any sense. Like, I want money and I want riches to progress my life and the people around me. I'm I'm a very... Big advocate on, I care about me and mine. Now, my friend, one of my best friends, um, he told me, well, you should care about everybody. And I told him straight up, I don't care about everybody. I'm just, I'm just not. I'm sorry to say that. 
I don't wish any ill will towards anybody. I still have empathy because I've had a very interesting life. I'm not going to not understand where people come from. I understand exactly where you come from. But I'm a fighter and I'll fight like fucking hell. And my biggest thing about it is it's just no one owes you anything. Would it be nice to be get help? I had to have, you know, this recent financial experience has told me that don't wait until the last minute. If you do need help and reach out before it really snowballs. And I'm a person that's been able to kind of take care of what needs to take care of, pull things out at the 11th hour. And I've most recently never had to ask for help. Not in a big way. So when, unfortunately, you have to ask for help in a big way, even it makes your stomach turn, you don't like it, all these things, you got to. Because because at the end of the day, when you're trying to get anywhere, you don't get there by yourself. You get there with others. Like any self-made person had somebody in their corner doing something for them. Okay? Either it was give them the peace of mind to focus on these different things. And is it hard? Of course it's hard. Like life is hard. Like I've... Sometimes you... You go through so much stuff in your life that you just wish that, why can't my life be easier? Why is everybody, um, you know, not having to struggle as much as I am? Like, why is the universe or God or whatever you, or whatever you believe in, um, trying to add so much character development to my life? The the first the the first occurrence was fine, not the second, third, fourth, or fifth, and you get to a point where, for better or worse, you are a different breed, and that a lot of things that would destroy people, you are able to. You're able to thrive in this chaotic environment where most people would crumble within minutes and you just do what you need to do and you keep moving forward and it's something that a lot of people aren't going to understand and it gives you a lot of understanding just with people in general because everyone's heard someone complaining that hasn't been through a fraction of what you've been through. And then you look at them. You look at how they're complaining. You're looking at their life. Of what they're telling you. And you know their actions. And you realize. If they would have. If they would have went through what you went through. They wouldn't have came out on the other side. Not intact. They would have been broken. Beyond repair. And that's something 
that is a superpower, but also a curse. Because what you realize is that you're able to do that, you will play with the line a lot more than you should have. You will believe that you can pull it out every single time because you pulled it out every single time without help, without fail. Then at one time, you get a little bit too more, too comfortable. You don't look where you leap. And next thing you know, you're falling to your death. And now you're thinking of that. How does this happen? I always took care of this. This was easy. What was different about this time? You thought you could do it, and unfortunately, things start to pile up and work against you. So, you come to the realization that um, you can't let that ever happen again. So now, I'm doing everything in my power to catch up with everything I need to catch up on, do everything I need to do so that'll never happen again. And... Um, just to kind of, uh, put it back to, um, consistency, consistency key with a lot of successful people in life. Again, like consistency is always going to be talent every single time. That's what a lot of people just can't fathom because when everything is going right, it's great. But when everything starts going bad and that thing starts to snowball, um, and you fuck yourself royally. I mean, it's it's something you can come back from, but it's just annoying. So right now I'm in the annoying stage. So I'm gonna leave you guys with this because um, I feel like I want to just put a button in this. Life is hard, hard for a lot of people for no apparent reason. So you just have to understand and comprehend that you are going to get everything that you want out of life. Is it going to be hard? Is it going to be impossible? Is it going to be like the hardest thing you ever do? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's always worth it. The juice is always worth the squeeze for the most part. Because you can always say you did it instead of wondering what if. So my name is Aaron and I'm out of here, guys. Later. Peace.